This is the Idea Time Show, Idea Time Show with Dr. Joe North, helping facilitators expand their creativity, confidence and impact through the power of innovation in action. Gain confidence as a facilitator, confidence with the technology and confidence with your content and event design. Tune in every week for practical tips, strategies and interviews that will accelerate your personal and business success. And now, here's your host, Dr. Joe North. Hello and welcome to the show. It's good to be back with you or with you for the first time if you've just joined. So what we're talking about today is all about how to build a strong innovation team. So I'm going to be covering innovation as a core value, talk a bit about something called ITO or innovation time off and setting the innovation stage, the lean startup approach, how to create a good team composition in terms of diversity. What skills do you need within your innovation team and in your innovation team members? And how do you sustain that innovation culture through leadership? So lots to cover The first point really is to think about, well, what is an innovation team? And I think sometimes people think of innovation teams as being outside of the core organization or very separate from them. And indeed, they can be. But my recommendation based on lots and lots of experience in different industries around the world is really try and keep the innovation team very, very connected into the core business. And what they are, it's a group within an organization who are specifically tasked with developing new ideas, solutions, or products. And their whole aim is to drive innovation, fostering creativity, driving forward thinking to keep the organization competitive, and relevant. This is a very, very fast moving world that we're in. And if you're not, you know, keeping up, looking at all the changes and thinking about how you can really continue to serve your changing customer needs as the world changes, your customer needs changes as an organization, you really need to be doing that. So the innovation team can help you do that. And also they tend to operate with a degree of autonomy. So that means it gives them a bit of space to explore different things. Some of those will work, some of them won't. We'll talk a bit about failure later on. But it means they can explore different things, try things out and get ideas explored really outside the usual constraints that you have in business. So that's what an innovation team is, my definition anyway. And, you know, really an innovation team will only thrive and do really well for the business if you have innovation as a core value. Now, you don't need to be a completely innovative business. It might be that you are just embarking on a journey of becoming more innovative and you want the innovation team to accelerate that. And that is absolutely fine as well. As long as you either are currently aiming to be very innovative, you know, you've got a leadership intent behind that and a commitment behind that, or you're already very innovative. Really, innovation needs to be a core value And you need to be committed to continuous improvement and evolution. And this goes beyond sort of the occasional creative thing. It's thinking about innovation as a fundamental part 
of your company's identity, your approach to business. You know, innovation is just part of what you do. It really needs to be embedded into what you do and not something to the side while you do your day job and something you fit in as and when you can. You need to be consistently innovating as you go. So it's about driving growth, adaptability, getting a culture of creativity, continuous learning and development and embracing risk and learning from failure. And that's really important that not just in the innovation team, but in the wider business, people do feel that they can try things out appropriately. And if things don't go well and work first time, that's okay. We're going to learn from that and have another go. So really, failure isn't failure. Failure is part of the innovation process. And it's just another stage in R&D. If it's not working quite yet, then it means that we need to try something else, right? It's just a stage in the process. Now, when it comes to selecting your innovation team, there are some specific attributes that you either need to look out for in terms of people having these already, or they need to be developable. Because I think all of these things are skills that many people can learn. The first of those is high integrity. With innovation, you need people to be um, honest, to say things as they are, be very transparent and straightforward, to work in line with the values of your organization, to be committed to delivering the values of the organization in terms of through those innovation projects and doing the right thing. They need to be people that you can trust. If they're out there, and we'll talk about this in a moment, but if they're out there networking and talking to customers and working internally, you need to have high levels of trust in your innovation team that they will do all of that and go about that in the right way that's really consistent with your organizational values. Also, diversity, of course, is hugely important. And I've talked about this before. The more diverse your innovation team, the better. And that's all the usual factors in terms of age, experience, background, gender, you know, all the things. Also, because you're working with such a diverse team, which is great, They need to have really fabulous collaboration skills and high levels of EQ or emotional intelligence. So they need to be strong technically in the field that you need them. And I do suggest you have some technical innovators in your team, you know, some real experts in certain parts. It might be in technology, in areas of might be some science or a certain part of the operation or something like that. You do need technical experts. They also need to have these emotional intelligence and collaboration skills to work in diverse teams, not just with other members of your innovation team, but also with people right across the business, whether they're a frontline team member or an external stakeholder or a supplier, they need to be able to do that. And I call them T-shaped professionals as well. So like the capital letter T. And what I mean by that is that they have innovation team members have got a technical depth. So there's an area of expertise. That's the vertical bit of the capital letter T. And going across the top of that capital letter T is their breadth as well. So they've got technical expertise to a good level of depth, but also they can adapt themselves and go into other areas of the business, understand different things and can see different perspectives. That's the really key thing is about seeing different points of view. They're not just seeing the narrow bit, you know, the narrow slice that they're experts in, they can see different perspectives and therefore join the dots as well. Self-efficacy is really important. 
what self-efficacy is. It's a particular form of self-confidence that means people feel that they and know that whatever problem comes their way, they've got the resources within them to work it out, figure it out and move forward and get there. So self-efficacy means that people keep trying. It means they've got confidence to try different things. And also with innovation, you might start off thinking you've got clarity about what you're going to do and how you're going to do it, but the reality might pan out very, very differently. So self-efficacy means that people have got this confidence that, yeah, they'll figure it out as they go. You know, they'll find the next step and the next step and they'll keep going. They are both independent and team players, so they can work on their own. They've got their own ideas, their own point of view, but they're great team players as well. So really, people who've got the best of both worlds. A growth mindset, they want to learn, they want to do different things, they want to get stuck in and try things out, not afraid of failure. And particularly important is adaptability and resilience. You do need people to go and do different things, try different things, have new experiences, you know, be able to step back from this and go into that and and also change as the business changes and the world around us changes as well. So they're keeping um, everything fresh and thinking differently. They can think laterally. They're able to join the dots, as I've said. They're networked. They have contacts inside and outside the business to help with the innovation. They're resourceful and they're informed about the latest developments as well as being able to think commercially. And also you need people who have got different cognitive or thinking style preferences as well. And one model I really like for thinking style preferences, particularly around innovation, is the foresight model. And this was developed by Puccio. That's P-U-C-C-I-O. And the Puccio model, the foresight thinking model, is really straightforward, but ever so powerful. Because the model is that actually in any innovation process, there are four types of thinking that we either individually or as teams need to go through. We need to go through each of these for thinking steps to create a whole innovation process. So the first of those is clarify. Before we start to innovate, we need to clarify what it is we're working on. We need to understand the problem, the challenge, the opportunity, get the data, make sure we're asking the right questions and all of those things and and really know what the problem is. It's that Einstein thing that, you know, if um, he had time to solve a problem, he'd spend most of it thinking about the problem and then only about 5% of the time actually solving it. So clarifying is important. Once we've clarified, then we can have the ideas about how we're going to solve the problem. And when we've had those ideas, the next bit is to develop solutions. We pick the best ideas, that's ideate, and then we develop solutions and then implement those solutions. And we go around this loop, clarify, ideate, develop, and implement. And sometimes we might go backwards and forwards, right? These things, as you know, aren't a straight line. They are iterative. This is really interesting. When you start to think of the innovation process like this, it reveals that actually we've got different thinking modes that we need to be in at each stage. So clarifying, you know, really focused on the data, what's the question, ideating, thinking about the big picture, playing around with possibilities. Developing is about being more analytical and trying to perfect something and enhance something. And implementing is getting on and doing it. So different thinking modes. And because of those different thinking modes, we've all got different preferences for which bits we like. We all like some bits of those more than others. Some people like them evenly, but most of us like some of that more than we like others, right? So clarifiers enjoy doing the homework. Ideators love thinking big. The developing stage, people like to get things right and implementers like to crack on. And we can have one, two, three or four 
of these preferences for these different stages of innovation thinking. Each of those does have a potential downside as well. Clarifiers like to do the homework so much that they can, if they're not careful, get stuck with analysis paralysis. Ideators love the possibility and the big picture and the visioning, and they can overlook details as well. Developers really want to get it bang on and can get stuck on looking for perfection. And implementers are so keen to make some progress and get it done that they can jump in too quickly. So these are great attributes and great preferences to have. If, like anything, if they're overdone, they can have the downsides. Now, what this drives out is that in your innovation team, you need people with all of these preferences to make a full team. You know, if you've got a team of ideators, all you're going to get is loads and loads of ideas and nothing's going to get done. If you have a team of clarifiers or developers, there's going to be lots of thinking happening. But will you have those big ideas and will anything get done? If you get a team of implementers, you'll get lots of activity, but not necessarily any true innovation because the ideation, clarifying and developing hasn't happened. So really be aware of your own preferences, first of all, and then make sure as well that the people in your innovation team have got a variety of preferences so that they can integrate, they can work together and form a whole team wherever possible. And what I think is absolutely fascinating is, is when you take that concept and start to think about how many combinations of preference those four core thinking styles have. So clarifier, ideator, developer, and implementer. And when you think we can prefer one, two, three, or all four of those, that drives out loads of possibilities. So for instance, an accelerator is someone who has a high clarifying, they want to really understand what they're doing up front, and then crack on and do it. And they miss out the ideating and they miss out the developer phase. An idea broker will do all the clarifying, will do all the ideating, but not spend any time developing things, just have a load of ideas and then rush in and get those ideas done. So lots and lots of different combinations, which is really interesting. And you can also have a look at this at www.foresight. This is F-O-U-R site, S-I-G-H-T online.com, foresightonline.com. Also, what this starts to show is where there might be tension in a team. You know, if you've got someone who is a high clarifier and somebody else who's a high ideator, you can see how they might clash. The clarifier wants to understand things before we have the ideas. The ideator just wants to get on with ideas. So this is why you need high levels of emotional intelligence and collaboration skills from your innovation team so that they can really appreciate the different preferences that their other team members bring. From a leadership perspective then, you've got a team of very diverse people, all with their own technical expertise and with loads of great ideas and things to bring to the table, brilliantly well-networked. So how do you get the best out of your team so that you create a strong innovation team? The first thing to consider, like anything to do with teamwork, is around psychological safety. This is Professor Amy Edmondson, who's famous for really um, pioneering the phrase psychological safety as well as the concept. And all this means is that it's very powerful, but a very simple concept is that people feel safe, they feel comfortable to take risks, to speak up, to share ideas, to challenge things, because they know that 
that there's going to be no retribution, no negative recourse for them if they do that. So obviously, they, you know, people, we want them doing that professionally and respectfully and appropriately and all of those good things. But psychological safety is the core building block for any high performing team. If you get psychological safety, people trust each other. When people trust each other, they feel more engaged. And when people are engaged, then obviously performance is better. And it feels like a much better, more enjoyable place to work as well. Encourage constructive dissent. So within that psychological safety environment get them to you know challenge each other and do i love things like even better if so that sounds great what would make it even better how could we go even further or how could we do that differently and get a different result so that sort of really positive constructive and healthy challenge is amazing the team need to disagree and commit so jeff bezos from amazon of course is famous for saying to his team and writing out to people and saying, actually, you know, let's disagree when we're in the room together. We can have the challenge, we can have the debate. But once a decision is made, we're all for that decision and we all go out and commit to that decision and be 100% on it. And if you've got challenge and different perspectives, you do need your team to be into that. Value different perspectives. And also you need to balance as well the levels of autonomy and guidance that you bring as a leader. People need their own space to learn, their own space to do things their way. But obviously when people are learning something, they might need a bit more guidance and you really need to tune into each individual and see where they're at on every individual different innovation project and make sure that the autonomy and the guidance are right for that person in that situation. Foster cross-functional collaboration, get people talking to each other and use your sort of convening influence to bring people together so they can have those conversations. Encourage skills development, support learning from failures, find what people could have learned from it, what they would do next time round, and also what good come from failures because sometimes some success can come from failures. We can learn things that we weren't expecting to know. Internal and external communication is important. So champion that on behalf of the team and make sure you've got a really good innovation roadmap and pipeline. Everybody knows what they're doing. Everybody knows what the process is to make innovation happen around here and pay attention to that. That will help your team to deliver. Now, I just want to talk about um, innovation time off ITO. And what this is, it's a concept where companies allow their employees a set amount of time to work on projects that are outside their regular job responsibilities. And the whole purpose of this is around fostering creativity and innovation. You know, this could be something that they're interested in or that they have had an idea while well, they've been doing some other work and they think that idea would work well for the business. Now, this is usually tech companies. And to give you a few examples, although the first one isn't really a tech company, it's 3M. So 3M had 15% of their time. People could pursue something they discovered through the usual course of their work, but didn't have time to follow up on. Google's 20% time famously gave birth to Gmail, Google Earth and Gmail Labs. And Apple's Blue Sky gives employees two weeks to work on projects outside their normal responsibilities. Atlassian, an Australian company, 20% time and ship it days. So it's about 15, 20% of time. And this was popular a while ago or often written about a while ago. I don't see so much of this. I wonder how well this works in practice. 
And, and yes, Google got some good results from it. But I just wonder, you know, with the impact of how busy people are, this is one of the big reasons people say, even in those other companies who have got the 15 or the 20% time to spend on innovation, say, yeah, well, we've got the time, but we're just too busy doing our other work. So that has been quite a strong objection. Things around, you know, hybrid working, changing that. And also some companies moving to four day weeks is impacting innovation time off. So not really quite sure. There's not a lot of data or evidence in terms of where innovation time off is at the moment. You know, if you've got the capacity in your organization, you've got teams where it would be relevant to do this. It might be worth having some amount of innovation time off. But I think, you know, how can you incorporate innovation as part of people's day to day work? without having to necessarily separate it out. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. And of course, you know, to really help innovation succeed, put in a lean startup approach into your innovation team. Once you've got the idea, you know, the thing that you want to create, you've got a proposition, simulate it with the people involved, create a minimum viable product, put it out there, test it with, pilot it, trial it with a small number of people, learn from it, and then you know whether to pivot or persevere and go back around the loop again. So start small, go really fast and learn fast. So it's test fast, fail fast and go again. And that really helps with your innovation speed and productivity as a team as well. Okay, so just some challenges and considerations with all of this in terms of building a strong innovation team. It's about feeling comfortable with being uncomfortable and helping your team get to grips with being comfortable with being uncomfortable too. Balancing innovation with day-to-day operations. You know, it's just so easy for things to take over and then you look up All this time's gone by and you've not moved anything forward. So think about planning, putting in events, creating time and creating space. It doesn't have to be 15 to 20% of your work week. I think sometimes you can have a really good blast at something, you know, in 20 minutes or by booking out half a day or a day with the right team to work on the right things and giving people some notice in advance. Avoid innovation for innovation's sake. You know, be purposeful. Align your innovation to your organizational goals, the things you want to achieve. Align them to what your customers are needing and going to be needing in the future and focus on those. Don't just play around for the sake of playing around, right? Innovation needs to be intentional and it needs to be purposeful in our business environment. Keep up with all the rapid tech changes and everything else that's going on. And if you haven't seen it already, have a look at my previous show on horizon scanning. And there's a video and an article there and a podcast as well. Integrate innovation into the wider business. You know, if you're creating solutions and new ways of working and new products, new services, then they really do need to be connected into the rest of the business so that they are adopted and used and so that people find them valuable. You don't want to spend a long time with your team creating something that nobody's going to use, right? Because it doesn't work quite right. It needs to be, you know, really done very closely. Your innovation team needs to work super closely with the people in your business to get those solutions right 
and to get the transformation that you're looking for. So that's it. I hope that's been useful. We've talked about all sorts of things in terms of what sort of people and skills you need within your innovation team. We've talked about different cognitive preferences. We've talked about making time for innovation, integration with the wider business. We've talked about how to lead a strong innovation team as well. Right, so thank you very much. There's more resources over at bigbangpartnership.co.uk slash resources. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to the Idea Time Show, brought to you by Dr. Joe North. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and access more completely free resources at bigbangpartnership.co.uk forward slash resources. We'll see you next time.